welcome to the Lost World Minute, the Minute, Minute podcast for the 997 sequel Jurassic Park, one minute at a time. I'm Brad. And Dave. And today we're here to discuss Minute 59 of Lost World. Approaching that halfway mark, Dave. Yeah, yeah. We've got some uh, news that coming out of Frontier Expo, uh, I think it was two weeks ago now, <laughs> since we uh, didn't record a re- regular minute uh, last week. we got some uh, notes here on Jurassic World Evolution, uh, a little bit more information mm-hmm. on it. Um, the Jurassic Park podcast sat down with uh, some of the uh, developers over there and got some uh, information out of them. They've uh, apparently have done some extensive research, watched the films, read the books, and apparently they've visited fan sites to get a gain or get a feel for what fans like and dislike, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Well, uh, honestly, I'm going to say from the trailer, you can tell. You can tell that these guys have done their homework, and you can tell that these guys have really created something that the fans will enjoy, I think. Yeah, yep. I mean, just, just from the fan reaction I've seen... Fans have been like, oh man, this is the game we've been wanting for, uh, what, what would it be like, since J-Pog came out, um, it'd be, what? 14 years, I think. 15 years, yeah. And that's, that's where this next little bit comes in, that's sort of lends straight to that, that, uh, you start with researchers going around the world to various fossil sites to discover the dinosaur genome, um, you put it together, and, uh, and possibly edit it, and then head back to your park and make the dinosaur, which... The straight up Genesis, like having to dig up the bones, get the DNA first, mm-hmm. which is odd because the DNA come from amber <laughs> originally. Yeah. Got sort of return of the fossil sites where you got to go around and find the animals first before you can make them. But yeah, that does actually remind me a bit of one of the early drafts for Jurassic World, where there was originally going to be the um, discovery of a Majasaurus or Mahasaurus or something like that. Mm-hmm. In like the middle of China, it was, it was going to be some uh, China fake China source. Okay. So, um, they, it was going to coincide with the discovery with the DNA discovery of this dinosaur, and that's what the Irex eventually became. Was it was originally this Mahasaurus or Majasaurus? I'm not sure how to pronounce. It. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, it was originally supposed to be a real dinosaur, then they changed it to be a hybrid. Yeah. And that's kind of what this reminds me of, and it actually makes me curious if the uh, game will actually include the ability to build your own hybrids, you know? That would actually be kind of interesting. Well, that sort of goes into our next point. Um, They basically all but confirmed it's female-only animals, or the skins at least in the film. Yeah. because it, the game sort of takes... It's supposed to be set just after Jurassic World, but how that uh, how that happens when the park's still there, I don't know. But um, because it's set in the Jurassic World, there's uh, there's no breeding, only cloning. So um, they've said they want to keep true to the lore of the films, and that lore, unfortunately, is that... Uh, well, the films they've watched, which I'm guessing is just Jurassic Park and Jurassic World, is that uh, mm-hmm. they're female-only, so... That might uh, that might confirm that Parasol Office we've seen in The Lost World was a female <laughs> because of the colour mm-hmm. we've seen the one in the uh, game footage, but um, that's probably going to rule out a male Rex and the male Raptors, unfortunately. Something that even though Jurassic Park Operation Genesis wasn't extremely popular game play wise, something that has made it popular in it, as its legacy is the the 
ability to skin the dinosaurs. So I wonder if we will be able to actually be able to reskin the dinosaurs in evolution in order to create our own males and stuff like that. Yeah, there's apparently in in the Zoo Tycoon games you can do all that. So um, mm-hmm. they hope, or well, fans are sort of hoping that. Um, Oh, I'm hoping that it's all, uh, maybe a expansion pack that comes afterwards that you can just go all out and reskin vehicles into Jurassic Park vehicles or mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. Reskin your animals. Unfortunately, it'll probably keep they'll keep the same shape, but at least you'll get a bit of a male color. Mm-hmm. Well, that was originally something that we were only able to do with Jurassic Park Operation Genesis. Then as fans started playing around with the code more and more, they were able to actually figure out you can edit the models. You can edit the uh, the models to have, like, a, for example, the male T-Rex can have a bigger waddle mm-hmm. on his neck. So that was something that always interested me. And I actually wonder if they will come out with maybe, maybe if we can't skin them, but they'll come out with a DLC later on that will allow us to yeah. have multiple skins, you know? Yeah, yep. Well, that's right. That's it. There's still there's still mods getting released now for Genesis. We've had mm-hmm. they have the uh, Irex and that in it. Um, exactly. So. So they've even been able to figure out how to mod the environment. I've seen a lot of interesting environment mods. Yeah. Where I remember one of my favorite I've ever seen was it took dino poop <laughs> and turned it into tree seeds. So every time a dinosaur pooped, it sprouted a giant redwood. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it was the wildest thing I've ever seen, but it was really interesting. The way that this person was able to modify the source code of the game in order to do this. So even just the basic mods I'd love to be able to do, but I've got no idea how to, <laughs> how to do that. I remember once, it would have been just after Lost World coming out, I managed to... Uh, I had a, had a... I think it was a T-Rex roar and a raptor sort of scream as the uh, my old Pentium 4 start up and... Uh, shutdown sounds mm-hmm. I managed to copy into C drive somewhere but I've got no idea how, <laughs> how I've done that now um, no I I have no uh, computer messing around experience mm. I know how to internet I don't know how to I yeah. don't know how to computer <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh, they said there's three separate game paths uh, research which is your sort of cloning uh, entertainment which is build your park as Hammond dreamed where the animals are the attraction and you make money, and then the security factor, which having the ability to control the dangerous animals you create. Um, mm-hmm. There's in-game scenarios like tropical storms that play havoc on your infrastructure, so it's straight oh. up the same as Genesis. Yep. And it was confirmed that, that there was uh, Isla Mac and Seros in the uh, trailer. But the, uh, the, full, the full panel interviews that's on the Jurassic Park podcast from October 8th, the full interviews there. A couple, couple of nitpicks um, kept on re- referring to the series as the Jurassic World films instead of just the Jurassic films. <laughs> um, uh, you kept the they've sort of and again the whole emphasis that you're building a Jurassic World and not a park. Um, mm-hmm. But also too apparently it's confirmed there is no photo mode, which is unfortunate. I know you can screen cap. You might be able to screen cap the old fashioned way. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, with with sort of the detail going into these models, you'd hope that they'd have a function like that, that you could mm-hmm. uh, take photos from ground level or even from the helicopter like you could in Genesis, but mm-hmm. it looks like that's not the case. 
I do like, though, hearing, going back to what we were talking about at the beginning, I do like hearing that they did the research. So I remember that Telltale did a lot of research. They uh, researched through the both, I think, the Wiki and Jurassic Park Legacies Encyclopedia. Yep. Yep. When they constructed their game. And so you can tell. You can tell that they kind of, they really made this game to be kind of in the Jurassic Park canon, if you will. Mm. Which, of course, got thrown out when Jurassic World uh, entered the scene. The game got thrown out. Yep. But you can tell that they, that they, on Universal's orders, initially really wanted this game to have the Jurassic Park feel, which it really did. And um, even though the game wasn't popular with gamers so much, it was really popular with fans mm. because it's kind of like an interactive movie in a way. And then I remember when Lego did their did their um, when Lego did the Jurassic World game, I could tell they really researched their game there. I mean, not so much the dinosaurs. I mean, they did have to make some sacrifices for uh, to make it more fun for kids. But you can tell that, like, the layout of, the stuff, of some of the stuff uh, is uh, really there. You can tell the um, that they've really kind of planned it, uh, kind of like they really did their research is what I'm, I'm trying to say here. Yeah, <laughs> now you're I'm kind of fumbling over my words, but yeah, they really <laughs> did their research. And I remember viewing the trailer for the game when the trailer first came out and uh, pausing it when we see the raptor jumping in the worker village, and I'm like, they really did their research. Mm. I mean, I, I was, I'm somebody who I mapped the, the worker village and I know I've mentioned this before, but it's uh, really a complicated thing. It's more complicated than it looks. It's not just a few simple buildings. I mean, every building almost has their own style in a way. Mm. Like one is concrete. One has a staccato roof. One has a, and one has a basic flat roof. One, I mean, it's like a jumble of various architectural styles. It's not, and so it's uh, really interesting to see that Lego really did their research in building this village. They didn't just go and make it all one style or uh, make it all really plain. They really, they did their research. Yeah, I'm going to uh, I'm going to play the Lost World version, uh, the section of it. Um, in the next couple of weeks, just so we can talk more about it, um, especially when we do get to the visitor center here, oh, the visitor center to the uh, worker village here. But um, yeah, as you said, even just the building designs—they're straight from the movie, pretty much. Um, mm -hmm. I can't, I can't recall. I'm pretty sure the layout's fairly similar as well. But um, oh, it's definitely pretty much all there. Yeah, it just you got. <laughs> I will say, I will say that the island uses the old Jurassic Park Legacy map, not their new one. Yep. Uses the old one based off the prop map that was production used, not film used. Mm. And that was based on the previous earlier script for the Lost World. So the layout is uh, kind of funky there because it uses a layout on the Isla Sorna that has been that is outdated and hasn't really been accepted by researchers in the in the fandom since like the late 19 or I'm sorry 2010s. Yeah, and that, it makes it interesting that that happened because they've had the time, um, and it's sort of the same thing here with um, Evolution. They've said that um, Universal sent them over a heap of animal designs um, and a heap of stuff like that documentation to go off, which mm -hmm. makes me wonder if there may be some male stuff in that and they just don't know it. 
possibly here too that uh, when you do the research to discover the dinosaur genome, it might sort of help tie together more the uh, the inconsistencies with the animals across the films as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you might add something, add a little bit more pepper and salt to this dinosaur and get the tiger raptors or add some add some spinach to this one and you get the Jurassic Park 3 raptors. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what you can cook up in the lab. But Did you know that Universal has a thing for green T-Rexes? I have no idea why, but yeah. that's what I heard from Chronicle who said that they said that Universal originally wanted the uh, female, the breakout T-Rex to be green for some reason. I don't know why, <laughs> but that's what Chronicle said. And I believe them on that because Universal has had a history of wanting their T-Rexes green. Well, also the, uh, the original Hot Toys statue apparently has a green tinge to it as well. Exactly. And that was licensed. The original slideshow T-Rex and then the one that came out with the with the um, not the 3D box set, the uh, 2011 uh, collector's edition box set was had a green T-Rex coming out of the Jurassic Park gates. Yep. And then the Revel Tech, the Revel Tech one's yeah. green. Yeah, the Revel Tech one's green, but I think that's supposed to be a male, so it kind of it kind of is supposed to be there. Well, I've got it with me little M class, so it's definitely <laughs> the male from Norse world for me, but. Um... And even just that, there was that statue that was posted up this weekend um, from Universal as well, with mm-hmm. the the T Rex and the Indominus statues yeah. that are aren't they there for sale at the park or something, aren't they? I can't recall yeah, what that was. Park yeah, yeah. Even that's that's green, a greeny brown color. Yeah, it has like a greenish tinge to the brown. Yeah. And I remember uh, uh, originally that. Chronicle said that uh, they were that Universal wanted them to do the male bust first, which is interesting because that again ties back into the idea that Universal likes green T Rexes for some reason. Mm. Yeah, it makes you wonder. Anyway, um, anything else on on this news you want to talk about before we get into this week's minute? No, I think we're good. All right. As we ended the 58-minute Lost World, Eddie had turned up on the scene search for his friends, and help out where necessary. As we start minute 59, he comes to the cliff's edge and looks down to see the trailer dangling below. His friends are inside. At 58 minutes and 7 seconds he tries to go through the front door of the trailer but it's jammed, or locked, so he continues around the front and climbs in through the smashed front windscreen. At 58 minutes and 17 seconds as he climbs inside, Ian asks Kelly, where is she? Eddie replies that she's safe and she's in the high hide, and asks them what they need. They reply a rope. At 58 minutes and 28 seconds, Ian also replies that they need a fast food order. Three double cheeseburgers with everything. No onions on mine. <laughs> At 58 minutes and 38 seconds, Eddie climbs back out the front windscreen of the trailer. Eddie runs over the M-Class and starts taking the equipment out of the back seat until he finds the rope. He then runs over to a large stump situated in front of the RV and begins tying off the rope. And this ends minute 59 of The Lost World. We've still got this nice crane shot here of uh, Eddie sort of running. He runs up to the cliff edge with his torch and uh, mm-hmm. looks down over it. Um, we're going to get to a uh, interview in uh, the next minute with Richard Schiff um, that the guys over at Jurassic Cast podcast done. And 
big thanks to them for letting us play it. But uh, he definitely said during that that he's not a fan of heights at all. Um, <laughs> and Spielberg just wanting to go close to the edge, close to the edge, and him saying it was mm-hmm. a forty a forty foot drop down to where this trail is hanging, and he didn't like it at all. Even yeah. even later on when he's actually inside the trailer and um, in the safety of the trailer, and still Spielberg's like, get to the edge so you can look down <laughs> at the actors hanging on the <laughs> rope, and he didn't really like it, but. Um, no. he's sort of looking down here calling out Nick's name um, and I just love the like the reproduction the CG here the reproduction with the, the cliffs and the uh, the ocean mm. sort of crashing against the bottom of it yeah and something else I like about it here I just noticed the uh, rocks with the, fir- with the set for, uh, ferns put into them mm-hmm. it's like a really nice little touch I mean you don't you don't really see it you don't have to see it but it's nice that it's there if you look for it. Yeah. You know? Even later when we get sort of some close-ups of the actual cliff edge, just mm-hmm. how how nice the work they've done to it. Um, it's sort of replicated again in later on Jurassic Park 3 where you sort of get the cliff edges in the uh, aviary. Um, mm-hmm. How all that was built out in the back lot um, yeah. to look like real cliffs. But Eddie gets a reply from Nick saying, yeah, we're in here. Um, and he's sort of, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, I'm coming. And we uh, cut to an interior showing the oh, interior of the trailers mm-hmm. showing um, the computer screens. I think it's funny how um, if you look at which systems are on and which ones aren't, surveillance is on, the computers are still on, they still got communications, and the AC is on. Yeah. The power systems are, uh, are damaged, but the AC is still good. Yeah. <laughs> That's important huh, when you're in a tropical environment. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's one thing, it's probably one of the first things I've done when I got the movie in hand is got and uh, paused it with my camera, <laughs> trying to take photos <laughs> just so I had a um a version that I could zoom in. And now we've got this these high-def screen caps where I can zoom in and see what it's all about. Because we got the, um they sort of blink, blink on and off here, um... But as you're saying, you've got your power system, um, generator, free batteries, emergency backup, climate control, which is all on, um, ventilations, recirculating, mm-hmm. um, powertrain, communications, surveillance, and computers, which everything's in the green okay. Um, mm-hmm. And as, as we sort of discussed uh, early on when we first seen the trailers, how originally, or how the second trailer is really just one cut in half. Um, with an with a front put on it, you can see in the sort of the vehicle status of the front and rear segments of the trailer where it's essentially two trailers joined together <laughs> because the rear the rear segment still got the steering the steering tires on the front of it. <laughs> but you've also down the bottom you got master caution, security warning, equipment failure, um, and your free battery levels, which I thought was interesting. And then. Uh, when it all goes to the red, it sort of flashes from red, green, red, green, red, green. Um, for power system, the AC generator fail, battery runs at 90%, battery 2 100%, battery 3 fail, uh, emergency backup active. I don't know why emergency backup would be active if the uh, other batteries are still okay, but um, climate control is still on, so you've still got air conditioning, as you are saying, while, the, uh, <laughs> while you're in danger. Um, mm-hmm. pi- uh, powertrain's completely... Um, in the red and no no data's coming through whatsoever which makes me wonder why because the engine wouldn't be running so you wouldn't have the oil pressure temperature or anything like that 
And it's interesting you got hydraulics there too, because we'll see a little bit later. This version of the uh, the Bounder Southwind has the uh, extendable living area on it, which is yeah. hydraulically powered. Um, mm -hmm. So it's interesting that's sort of on there, because I don't know what else would be hydraulically powered on it. But the surveillance of computers is still all, all okay, considering your main computer monitor is in the trailer upside down. But And, of course, just the rear segment of the uh, trailers in the vehicle status is flashing red as well, so... Um, and I couldn't help but do a Ray, a Ray Arnold and just tap the screen and say, um, the trailers are running, the headlights are running on battery. They <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, man. Yeah, because like, even here you got you can see um, between the two photos that the uh, the headlights are on. Um, yeah. And they shouldn't be running off regular car batteries. <laughs> um, and even when Richard turns, or Eddie turns up in a little bit, or before, sort of runs past the trailer, all the exterior lights are on as well, but, um, mm -hmm. no, I just love have, being able to have a, uh, high def, uh, screen cap now of that computer screen, but, um, we panned down, Eddie can't get the door open, which, again, sort of made me think that, okay, there's some sort of security system put in place and it's locked everything out, and that's why Eddie mm -hmm. and I couldn't get through before, but as we said, now that's where the impact was. So I don't know why this door couldn't be open. If just in his haste, he couldn't get... He, he wasn't that qualified to flick the switch to on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he runs around the front of the vehicle because he can't open it and uh, climbs in through the windscreen um, mm -hmm. with the uh, the sugar glass there. So no blood or harm comes to the actor because he, yeah. he kneels on that glass edge and there's a big shard he puts his hand on as well. Yeah, I was just about to say, there's a big shard there that he just sticks his hand right down onto. Mm. Yep, and um, it's odd here too because you get a you get a audible beeping from the monitor as we see it and drop down. But as soon as we go around the front and Eddie sort of climbs through the video uh, through the windscreen, mm -hmm. the camera's only sort of turned forty degrees to the left, but it, the beeping just disappears all of a sudden. <laughs> So obviously added it afterwards, not a um, effect on on the stage. But uh, <laughs> uh, we cut back to Ian, Nick, and Sarah standing at the base of the trailer, um, and you just got this slight swinging on the trailer, just to show that it's hanging, hanging from above. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, that to remind us that um, this is during a storm, and of course there's probably high winds on that cliff edge. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because you can see the waves pounding against the uh, cliffs, the rocks below. So yeah, um, you can imagine it'd actually be pretty windy there. You'd think on the cliff edge. Mm -hmm. Ian asks Eddie, "What did what did he do with Kelly?" Um, and Eddie replies that she's okay. She's up in the hide. And he sort of he spends all this time climbing into the trailer to ask who's hurt, what do you need, when he's going to get straight back out again anyway. But I suppose he need to get close enough to hear him. And he sort of he's, he asks uh, who's hurt, what do you need. Uh, Ian replies, they need rope. Um, and then we get this little skit, uh, rope, anything else. Ian, free double cheeseburgers with everything. Nick, no onions on mine. Mm -hmm. And Sarah with an apple turnover, which isn't in any of the other <laughs> scripts. <laughs> so that's a, um, I'm guessing that's a little Spielberg added <laughs> joke there. Yeah. I was just... And people hate that joke for some reason. I don't know why, but that joke is so much crap. I'll don't say because the last thing they say to Eddie before he dies, <laughs> um, it's and it sort of takes it adds some levity to this serious situation. But yeah, um, it is it is pretty 
pretty defi- decisive amongst the fans. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I mean, I just thought it was hilarious. I mean, it was. I mean, not hilarious, but I mean, I was amused by it. I, I was always kind of disappointed because I was a kid. I, I used to kind of take things literally a bit, and I'd be like disappointed that they never got the cheeseburgers. <laughs> I, thought, I really thought they wanted cheeseburgers. I didn't realize it was a joke. <laughs> and, and, and it also makes makes me wonder if there was a um, an advertisement or something going on at the time, because it's pretty it's pretty on point. It's your free burgers, and, and they don't miss a beat when they're going between the three of them. Like mm-hmm. it's well rehearsed. But and <laughs> I think the Whopper was coming out around that time with Burger King. Okay. Because there's also an advertisement for Burger King Whoppers on the side of the bus that the T Rex smashes into. Ah, uh, yep. Okay. Yeah, that might be might be a sort of a loose tie into that. Without playing up saying we want whoppers, <laughs> mm. um, and it's it's sort of funny here too because Eddie just has this perplexed look on his face for a moment, like what? <laughs> I'm here trying to save you, and you want you want to muck around, but um, <laughs> t- turns around, climbs back out of the trailer, and uh, runs over to the M class. Um, and sort of the back windows open, which we'll talk in earlier on a previous minute about how wet he was driving through the jungle in the storm. Mm-hmm. And uh, here we are, the wind, the cars just parked there, and the windows are down. So it's um. Oh, yeah. Like Richard Schiff said in the said in the audio, he he just got soaked on the set. Yeah, yep. Because I always suspected that they had like the big rain machines hanging from the roof of the uh, the yeah. set and that, but. In some um, behind-the-scenes stuff that I'll post up this week, um, they've actually got the the water cannons on the trailer um, mm-hmm. squirting up, which makes me wonder if that's more of a practical use for all that piping that runs around the roof of it. If they just plug the fire hose into it or the hydrant mm-hmm. and use that as a uh, the water, but um, yeah, sort of throws some boxes out of the way and retrieves a rope from the back seat. And it was, well, even with the windows down too, it was sort of making me wonder. Okay, we've got the stunt car on on place here, so uh, mm-hmm. because we know the T Rex is going to lift the roof off it shortly, you don't want glass or any of that sort of in the way when they uh, pull the roof off. But um, he takes the rope over to a big old tree stump that which we've seen sort of beside him when they uh, mm-hmm. come onto the set, so the good continuity getting kept there, and uh, starts tying the rope off around it and that's where mm-hmm. 59 ends mm-hmm. speaking of continuity i do like that they um have this dead tree stump here when we saw all those dead tree stumps back in the uh game trail yeah yeah so it's a nice continuity between the sets the on location sets and the studio sets where they um have these kind of large fallen over tree stumps hmm. now i can't i can't recall from the the fan map you've done, how far away the researchers' camp actually was from the game trail. Um, I'm just going off the fact that shooting location was on the other side of the trees, but um, <laughs> it's sort of, yeah, you, you, you assume they're in the same sort of area they walked there, they didn't drive, but um, yeah. it's just, again, that redwood forest we've seen, there's those nice big tree trunks around this camp area as well, so obviously there'd be stumps as well. Mm-hmm. And the... Uh, yeah, starts tying off the rope. So, um, anything else on fifty nine you want to talk about before we get out of here? Uh, one thing I wanted to mention back uh, during our Richard Chiff bit is that currently I'm watching The Good Doctor. 
Yep. It's a TV series with a uh, high-functioning autistic man who's like a genius. He's a sur- brilliant surgeon. And Richard Schiff plays the director of nursing or the director of uh, doctors or whatever. He, uh, he's this high up, and I like that Richard Schiff has remained relevant through mm-hmm. uh, through his career. He ha- he's not an actor who just kind of disappeared. He stayed relevant. He still acts profusely. He's still very much a, a well-rounded uh, actor. Yeah. yeah, I always love when you're sort of watching a movie um, and he sort of just turns up in the background as someone working in an office or a government mm-hmm. government sort of employee. I wasn't going to say politician, but you know, I know you've done a lot of that with the West Wing. But um, yeah, yeah, there's a couple actors like that that just sort of, it's it's good to see them um, mm-hmm. still doing what they love. Yeah, because I, I like Richard Schiff as an actor. I always did. Mm. All right. Alright guys, let's get the hell out of here. Contact details are on the website, thelostworldminute.com. You can email feedback to thelostworldminute at gmail.com. Facebook, The Lost World Minute. Twitter, at The Lost World Minute. And Instagram, The Lost World Minute. Easy to remember. Yeah, yep, yeah, very easy to remember. Right. <laughs> uh, David, thank you for joining me for this recording. You're welcome. And uh, we'll be back. I've been Brad. I'm Dave. And uh, we'll talk to you all later. Goodbye. Talk to you later. Bye. It is absolutely imperative that we work with the Costa Rican Department of Biological Preserves to establish a set of rules for the preservation and isolation of that island. These creatures require our absence to survive, not our help. And if we could only step aside and trust in nature, Life will find a way.